Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the next episode of The Leo Effect. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. I've been waiting to speak with her for about a week now. This is going to be some good stuff, I have a feeling. Uh, she's been in a bunch of things that I've actually started recently getting more into. And so hopefully by talking to her, I'll get an even greater appreciation for that. Um, but I would like to introduce Brianna Roberts. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I alluded to it in the beginning, but I don't like to give it away, um, you know, before the, the guest of honor gets to say it. So I would like to leave it to you. Uh, what do you feel your most, your most known role might be? Um, most of my voice acting career has been in anime. So the show that I'm probably most well-known for uh, would be Fire Force. I'm Captain Kyoko Huang in Fire Force. Um, I also, this season, am in a show called Hatsuna Illusion, and I am made Hoshi Sato. Uh, so those are two that I'm probably most well-known for. Also have been in Ostrolos in Space as Emma Spring. That's awesome. That's that's super cool. And just like, <laughs> uh, like I said, I... I'm just now getting back into the whole anime thing. I haven't watched hardly any of it since Dragon Ball Z, so this is a whole new world for me. What mm -hmm. was it that, that drew you into that world of voicing anime characters? You know, I didn't get into anime until as an adult. I was a voice actor before I was ever introduced to the art form of anime. Of course, I knew what it was. You know, I'd always heard of it on the periphery. Everybody has heard of Dragon Ball Z for the most part. Um, <laughs> right. But really, my best friend is a huge fan of anime, and she is also a voice actress. And she was like, you know, Brie, I really think that you would like this. You love animated stuff. You're a voice actor. I think you'd fall in love with it. And I kind of like resisted at first because I, I didn't really know what it was. And finally, she was like, just do it. Do it. And so she was like, start with fairy tale. And I started watching it. And oh, my gosh, I just fell in love with the art form and the format and the voice acting. And I was like, oh, my gosh, anime, where have you been all my life? <laughs> uh, it just really resonated with me as a consumer as well as a performer. Awesome. 
Yeah, I, I've recently started with Black Clover, and that one's just mm-hmm. really, it's, it's captured my attention for some reason. I'm just in love yes. with it. Um, so you that said, one's a fun one. Yeah, and you said that you were a voice actor before anime. What did you do in that capacity before before that? Um, the first professional thing that I ever booked was actually a video game. I uh, can be heard as Crystal Gaze Medusa in Smite. Uh, also, uh, several years later, I then also booked Ragnarok Hera in the game Smite. Um, and I was also in a small animated series. I was working for a production company at that point as a producer and you know, they were just like, let's save a buck. Brianna, you're an actor. Hop in the booth and be this character. <laughs> so I actually did that for several years. Um, but before even becoming a voice actor, I had been a stage actor forever. So that was really my introduction to the acting world is getting on stage, starting as a little girl and going through all the years to here I am now doing my first Shakespeare show. So that's exciting. Yeah, and I'm definitely, I want to bring that up later in the show. That's definitely something that I had questions about. Um, but So you started off with theater, and you moved up mm-hmm. in the world, as it were, and, and started, because uh, you've been a whole bunch of things, from producing to uh, photographer, and you were even mm-hmm. a talent agent at one point, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez, all over uh, the place. Yeah, yeah, all kind of in the, the realm of the entertainment industry, but wearing a lot of different hats through the years. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, When you were transitioning from the theater aspect of it to doing voice acting and all of that, did you have a lot of support from your family or, you know, family and friends, or did they think you were just crazy? <laughs> Definitely. I have a very supportive group of people around me from both my family and my friends and my husband is very supportive. Um, my family wasn't as familiar. Like, what do you do with voice acting cartoons? You know, okay, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they didn't really understand at first what all that entailed as a career, but they had supported me as a stage actor for many years. So they were all about it. And my husband has always been supportive of all my crazy dreams. So uh, it's been good to have people who didn't ever hold me back, but pushed me forward to keep doing it and pursuing my dreams. That's absolutely perfect. It's always amazing to have a great support system like that. Mm-hmm. And between the the different things that you've done in the uh, acting capacity, between the theater and voicing anime and doing video games, of those three things, would you say that playing a character is the same in all of those, or would you say that each one has its own difference? They're each different. Uh, the root of, of all acting is acting, whether you're doing stage acting or voice acting or on-camera acting. It still all comes down to the same principles of character development. Now, how then you use those principles in the different formats, you know, changes. How, how you perform on stage is not going to work for doing it on camera, so you have to make those adjustments. Um, but creatively, it's still coming from the same place of character creation and development so for me i don't know they're 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 the same but different okay that's a fair answer (laughs) (laughs) and after 20 years of experience you would know (laughs) yes at least for me what what my experience has been (laughs) (laughs) that's great and do you prefer any one of those over the others oh again they're so different for stage acting the immediate 
response you get from the audience is very satisfying. You know, you, you get your applause or you hear the gasp or they laugh. That is very satisfying to in that moment to see the fruits of your labor. Um, it also is more work as far as preparing for that performance. You know, you might spend hours and weeks preparing for a performance, whereas in voice acting, you've never seen the script before. You walk in the booth and you record it. So there's, there's a different preparation process as well. Um, but voice acting is different too. You know, you go in the booth, you're basically in a sensory deprivation chamber and it's just you and the director and the audio engineer for the most part. So the performance is much more intimate, but then you're still going out to a wider audience. And I have found the fan base in the anime community just to be amazing. People are so supportive and loving and welcoming I've I've really enjoyed becoming a part of the anime community. Cool. That's cool. Speaking of, of, you know, talking about the community and the fans and things like that, have you done any conventions? I went to one. My first and only convention was uh, Galactic Swag Expo last year. So only one so far. So if any of you listeners want to meet my crazy self in person, just request me for some con- from some con staff of your local convention. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. That that would be really cool. And where was that one located at? <laughs> that one was in Arlington, Texas. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The, Texas has a really large anime scene. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I guess it does. Probably since that's where a couple of the, the real big hubs for it are, I would imagine. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Dallas is definitely a hub for anime dubbing. Gotcha. And is that where you're from or is did you move there to be part of the anime community? I was already in Dallas. Originally, I'm from Houston, uh, but just being a part of the entertainment industry, Dallas was a natural move uh, to be here. So what, you know, just a little hop, skip, and a jump from a little bit further south. Gotcha. Uh, but I've been in Dallas since about 2009. Okay. And when you were there for the convention, was it just, you know, oh, I'm here as for a particular anime or were you kind of like, Hey, I'm here and I was in this, 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 and this. And you know, it was just a, here's Brianna. She's been in some stuff. It was no, they weren't promoting any particular anime uh, that was currently going. So I was just excited for my little self to, to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would be a very exciting experience. I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, did you see anybody come in? Like, were there any fans that came up and said, oh, my gosh, I know you. I loved you in this. <laughs> no, it was a pretty small convention. And this was last year. So I haven't done quite as much yet in the anime community. So okay. some people knew the shows that I had been on, but they didn't necessarily know who my character was. All right. All right. Well, hopefully we can we can see about changing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kind of speaking more about the voice acting part of all of this, uh, just to kind of get like in your thought processes, how do you come up with a character voice? Uh, In anime, you don't get a lot of information uh, before. Well, you get no information beforehand. You go in and you know you're recording. You may or may not know what show you're going in for. And the director has to just very quickly give you some information. Um, If it's... uh, a character that it's the beginning of a series and you're going to be appearing through the series, there might be more information. But if you're one that came in later or you just appear for a shorter arc, you know, you might get two minutes of information 
then you watch the Japanese version of the scene you're about to dub, and then it's beep, 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 go. Um, <laughs> so you really have to do it on the fly. A lot of it you have to infer from what you're hearing in the Japanese, even though I don't speak Japanese. You know, you can infer from the scene and the music and the vocal tone and, and kind of what they're trying to say. And, it, and it's up to the director, too, to cast someone who is going to be within the range of the character that has already been developed in the Japanese cast. Mm. Um, so you're not, you're not matching them exactly. There's still some liberty between, you know, the Japanese version and then the English voice actor, but it, it's kind of trying to match it. And especially when you go in the first time to record for a character, you and the director might do several takes on your first line before, you know, kind of just trying to find the voice, trying to find the character. Um, so, but it's a pretty quick process for, for the most part in anime dubbing. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> is it strange to you to hear one of the characters that you voiced, like when you see them come on TV? Yes, it's totally weird. I'm like, it, it's almost like I can't b- believe that it's myself or like, it just sounds like me. And I'm like, does anyone believe that this isn't me and that this is that character? Because all I hear is myself. <laughs> So it's strange, even though I've heard, you know, myself a million times because I'm a voice actor, it still is really weird to hear yourself portraying a face that's not your own. Right. Yeah. I can imagine that would be quite. And do you watch it with any of your friends or or your husband sometimes and say, hey, hey, that's me. That's me. And they're like, nah. (laughs) I watch it mostly by myself. Sometimes I'll make my husband, if it's a bigger episode or I appear more, I'm like, okay, you have to watch this. I know you're gonna not going to know what's going on because you haven't seen the episodes before this, but don't watch it with me. Um, <laughs> and then, of, of course, my best friend, uh, Danielle, she, because she's also an anime friend, she is uh, very supportive and will watch a lot of what I do. That's cool. That's, that's cool to have a friend that you can sit down. Do you bump ideas off of each other? Uh, just, you mean as voice actors? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's a voice actor also. So yeah, we will, you know, we talk about the industry a lot and we'll, you know, bump auditions off of each other. Like what, how do you think this sounds? Or what do I need to do to work on this? What can I do to get better here? Have you heard of any good workshops? So we definitely, uh, help each other a lot in our careers. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Cause uh, you know, from, from what I have noticed is the voice acting community, uh, whether it's cartoons, video games, anime, like just voice acting in general has been such a great community. Yes, yes. Everyone, for the most part, is very supportive of each other and excited when you book a role. Um, I really feel like, for the most part, people don't see someone else's success as their failure. That It's not seen that way. It's all just kind of a big, happy family. It's It's really cool to be a part of that group of artists yeah exactly and speaking a little bit about the other things that you've done besides the voice acting aspect of it um you know we talked earlier that you were a producer and a photographer and italian was that all for voice acting or was that for the theater or something completely different all different capacities still in the entertainment industry um when I was working as a producer at a small production company, you know, did all kinds of projects from doing apps to doing short videos to doing websites. You know, we just produced all kinds of content, did animated series. It was, 
you know, all over the board, even though it was a small company. Um, as a photographer, I mostly focus on doing portrait photography. I've especially found my niche in doing headshots. Uh, I think just from being an actor, that's kind of where my my influence had been. Um, and then it was after I left the uh, working as a producer that I went to work as a talent agent at Linda McAllister Talent. I was the film and TV agent there for several years. And it I was voice acting during that time, but when I was an agent, I really kind of put that aside mm -hmm. to focus more on serving my clients as actors um, in their film and TV careers. So I didn't do much during those years. It was after I decided to leave from the agency to really focus on pursuing my own dreams. I loved helping other people pursue their dreams. It was very fulfilling work. But as an artist myself, I was like, okay, but now I want to, you know, focus on my dreams and goals. Um, so it really wasn't until after I left the agency that I really started focusing on voice acting and that part of my career. Well, good for you. That's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand the, you know, wanting to help people out. But, yeah, you definitely have to work on yourself, too. And that that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was going to ask about the, the whole talent agent part of it was uh, how how chaotic was that? Having oh, to juggle crazy. all those people? <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. I loved it. Um, but it is, I always tell, you know, actors, you can go give your agent a hug or send them an email right, that, right now and tell them how much you appreciate them. <laughs> it's just an all-consuming job. You you have to be available every moment of every day. I mean, the industry never sleeps. And if you've got an actor on set in the middle of the night shooting a commercial, well, you have to be available if they need something or if something goes wrong or if casting is having last-minute auditions and they need people there at 8 o'clock the next morning, well, then you're going to work and get it done because that's the hustle it takes to help your client to succeed. So it was very exhausting. It was exhilarating. It was really cool to get to be a part of that, to help people pursue those dreams. But, man, after uh, I did it for about four years, you, wow. you get tired. So kudos to those agents like Linda McAllister, who's been doing it for over 25 years. They crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And kind of speaking about crazy, that I said we would talk about it you know, way back earlier in the show. So I think this might be a time to branch into it. And um, I wanted to talk about comedy of errors. Ah, yes. <laughs> so, you know, we, we kind of spoke about it earlier. So would you like to tell the listeners what that's all about? Yes. So I am doing the comedy of errors by William Shakespeare with altered Shakespeare. Uh, it's a new theater troupe in the Dallas area. Um, their mission is amazing. Uh, they really try to do all-inclusive casting and to kind of flip some things on their heads. So they will cast without regard to race, to gender, to anything. It's just whatever is best for the part. Um, so I am, this is my first ever Shakespeare play to do. I auditioned for their general audition for the season. And I was like, man, I really want to stretch myself as an actor. Shakespeare is something I've not done. I've always wanted to do it, but man, it's hard. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I decided to audition. I was like, it can't hurt me just going through the process of auditioning. There's so much to learn from any audition process. And I didn't think anything would come of it because I've never done Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got the offer email to be in the show. 
And I literally just stared at the computer in stunned silence and was like, what have I done? This is a mistake. <laughs> oh, no. That's great. <laughs> no, and I, I emailed them back and was like, I definitely want to do it, but I just want to remind you that I've never done Shakespeare. And if you're okay with that, then heck yes, I want to do this. Um, but part of their mission is to offer these opportunities to people who haven't had the opportunity to do Shakespeare, who haven't had formal education in uh, performing Shakespeare. Um, so their whole mission is great. I highly encourage anyone listening to go check out Altered Shakespeare. Um, it's exciting because like, the role that I'm playing is a Gian, which is typically played by, by a Caucasian white, or a Caucasian white, that's double night, a Caucasian male that's in his 60s. So it's exciting to be a woman, and I'm in my 30s, to be playing this role, and the whole cast is just, you know, so different from what would be the traditional casting. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, it's, a, it's considered a loosely rehearsed format, so when you come see the show, you can see it at uh, Union Coffee on the 23rd, or at Deep Ellum Arts Company on the 30th of March. Uh, they're both outdoor venues. Um, it's just loosely rehearsed. It's a lot of fun. You know, you're encouraged to drink <laughs> through the process. <laughs> it's a, a fun um, experience where audience participation is definitely encouraged. That's wild. That's that's going to be a really good show. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. And the cast is just phenomenal. I'm really humbled to be a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to put a link to that uh, down yeah. in the description of the podcast episode. And that way people, you know, all the listeners can just click on it and go right to it, check it out and all of that. And yeah, I'm definitely going to promote that. Like if you're in, in the area, go check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Definitely check it out. And they have multiple shows through the season. This is just their first one uh, for the 2020 season. So oh, okay. check them out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so kind of moving a little bit more to the personal side of things. And, you know, I told you before the show started that, you know, I don't ask anything super, super personal and I, and I won't. Um, but I did notice a few things um, in your various websites and Twitters and things like that. And I wanted to talk to you about and. One of those is that uh, you're you're a pretty avid reader as as a hobby, mm -hmm. and I was yeah. just wondering, like, what who's your favorite author? What kind of genres are you into? Oh, I love fantasy. Uh, I, I love magical stuff, and you know who who loves fantasy that hasn't read Harry Potter, of course. Um, <laughs> right. I really like uh, Lynn Kurland, who did the Nine Kingdoms series, and Juliet Marillier, she did the Seven Waters Chronicles, and a gazillion other books. Those are some of my favorites, but I pretty much always have a book or two or three that I'm reading <laughs> when I can. Great, great. Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I saw that you're kind of... Uh... Um, I forget the exact term that was used, but you, you're really into marine biology. Yes, amateur aquarist. That's probably That's the, the word you're yes. looking for. Oh, I love fish. Uh, it, it's ridiculous how much I love fish. I have since I was a little girl. I've always had a fish tank uh, forever, as long as I can remember. But now I have a big 60-gallon tank full of tropical fish and I'm always watching, you know, every marine biology documentary that I can find. It's just a hobby that I've had for basically my whole life, and I just really enjoy it. <laughs> and that's what I was going to ask, is if you still had that 60-gallon tank. I'm just trying to picture it. 
that this thing would just take up a whole room. <laughs> it takes up a big wall. I have it in, in our hallway, and it's it's pretty big. And I've always tried to convince my husband to let me get a bigger one, but he's like, no, 60 gallons is plenty. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you can always get a bigger one. Uh, so in in that regard, have you ever considered going out to be um, a narrator for a marine documentary? Oh, I would love that. Um, being a narrator for any sort of nature documentary. I'm very passionate about nature and about conservation efforts and just taking care of the planet. So being able to use my uh, talent and love for voice acting in the context of the nature documentary to help educate people on our planet, or particularly because I love the underwater life, that would be amazing. I've never had the opportunity, but it's definitely on my list of dreams and goals and wishes for the future. <laughs> That's There you go. That's the way to do it. I think the, <laughs> to do those kind of documentaries, you need a British accent, though. I know. David Attenborough is like the king of uh, nature documentary <laughs> <laughs> narration. <laughs> I think that's just it. It's it's that accent, something about it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with the, the show kind of coming close to its end, I kind of want to open up the floor to you. If, if you would like, you don't have to, but if you'd like to, to let the listeners know um, what kind of social media they can head to to follow you. Sure. Um, the platform I use the most is Twitter, and my handle is Voices by Bree. Uh, that's where you can go to find out the most that I'm up to in my voice acting career or just shenanigans. I post a lot about my dog, who I love a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I think the handle on that is also Voices by Bree. I try to keep it pretty generic across the board so people can find me. And my website is also VoicesbyBree.com. Perfect. There you go. And keeping yep. everything the same so that people, no matter where they go to type it in, is an amazing idea. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it just makes things so, so simple, and I love it. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me. You've been an absolute delight to have. Oh, well, thank you. I have enjoyed talking with you, and I feel privileged to be on your show. So thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. And again, <laughs> as I say every single time, and I mean it every single time, thank you to all the listeners and fans that tune in to check this out. If it wasn't for fans, I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff. So it's all for you guys. Thank you so much. And Yes, thank you, guys. There you go. So thank you again, and we will catch you all next time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search The Leo Effects. With an A, not an E. If you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself, head over to Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We live stream every Tuesday night. More projects are in the works. For now, stay tuned for more interviews. To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners, just like you. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.